0: Welcome to Central Valley Politics. I'm Shannon Stevens, your host. This is a show that we air every two years here at Stan State when I'm teaching my political communication class. I am a comm studies professor and a journalism professor, uh, but one of the most fun things I get to do is teach my students how to follow campaigns in real time, and specifically what we like to focus on are local elections. So from the governor's race on down to city council and even our school boards, if we've got them. Instead of keeping all of that knowledge that my students gain in the classroom, we wanna share it with you. We wanna share it with people in the Central Valley. And we wanna do that for a couple of reasons. First, we know how hard it is to learn about local candidates. It just takes a lot of time to learn about propositions, to learn about who is running, why they're running, what they stand for. Um, And these are the folks that are gonna manage our cities and our towns, our schools. It's important to know who they are. And we want you to get three things out of this program. So first, we want you to learn about the political candidates in your area, that's the most important thing. Secondly, we want you to register to vote. You have to register to vote. And secondly, we want you to get out and vote on November 6th. Every vote matters, it really does, especially in these small elections. It matters everywhere, but in the tiny elections, it can be a matter of four to 10 votes who gets an office. And you certainly want to make sure it's someone that you care about and someone who has your interests at heart. Finally, I want you to keep in mind as you watch this show um, that the students who are presenting this information to you are new to political communication. Um, Their goal is to be nonpartisan, and they're going to do that to the best of their ability. I'm going to do that to the best of my ability, but please bear with us. And and also keep in mind that although I'm a professor here at Stan State and my students attend this school, we do not speak for Stan State. The content is our own does not reflect the opinions of other faculty, students, staff, or administrators at CSU Stanislaus. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's welcome our first group of students and hear what they have to say about Central Valley politics. So let me welcome our first group of students. Uh, with us today we have Angelica, we have Kristen, I have on my right Zach, and Keith. So. Take it away. I think, Kristen, you're going to start us off talking to us about Ceres, yes?
1: Yes. So in Ceres, there are a couple uh, city council seats open, and in District 1, we have Chance Condit. And so Chance comes from a family of public servants. Uh, He's also graduated cum laude from Stanislaus State here uh, with his B.A. in history. Um, He works, uh, currently he's a field rep for California State Assemblyman Adam Gray. And he's also currently on a few boards in Series, like the Series Centennial Committee. He's a board member, Series Lions, Cl- Lions Club, um, the Series Garden Club. Uh, there's a few other like committees that he's in, uh, and so he's well versed in the Series politics. And he's also running unopposed, which um, kind of sets him up for he will
0: be the District One Council Member for Series. All right, so that takes care of District One. Okay, so what about the rest of Series?
2: So, in District 2, we have the city council members, um, Linda Rhino. She's actually the incumbent, so she's been there for since 2013, I believe. Unfortunately, there's nothing I can really find about her um, com- uh, talking about what she's done or what she plans to do. Her opponent is Melvin Eugene Yeakley. Um, Same thing, unfortunately. I can't find much on him. Um, what I do know about Rhino, however, is that she's interested in... Um, She's interested in enforcing uh, police service and um, just kind of getting our debt down.
0: Um, that's all I could really find. All right, that's not much.
3: So nope. Maybe
0: maybe they'll tune in and we can get hopefully them to give us hopefully. More <laughs> all right. So does that mean that we are ready to talk about the Senate race already? We're done with yes. series. All right. Yeah, I so, think we're ready. Think so. Senate race. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
4: So I want to start us off with the ad that Dianne Feinstein has at the top of her campaign. Webpage.
0: All right,
4: let's take a look at that. All right, so <laughs> as you can see, as you can see in the in the ad, it was basically about one of her defining issues in her career about gun control. Um, she was one of the uh, main proponents of the assault weapons ban uh, years ago that has since been repealed, and she's now advocating to have it uh, brought back. Um, and just kind of give a brief overview of her career. Um, she's been a U.S. senator since 1992 for the state of California. She served on multiple committees. I'll just give a brief rundown. Um, Since 2017, she's been a ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. From 15 to 17, she was vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, Before that, when Democrats held power from 09 to 15, she was chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, so she kind of took a step back when Republicans took control of the Senate. Um, Also, at the same time as uh, being chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, she was also chair of the Senate Narcotics Committee. And then from 07 to 09, uh, she was chair of the Senate's Rules Committee. So she's been pretty busy, especially over the last decade or so, uh, chairing lots of important committees and being a part of important legislation.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So what did you learn from watching that video? Uh,
4: basically, she's really big into the, bringing back that assault weapons ban, mm-hmm. um, which she's basically looking at the uh, spate of mass shootings we've had over the last few years and uh, the use of assault weapons in some of those. And so she believes that her uh, legislation would have prevented those shootings. So she wants to bring it back so that um, those weapons can be kept out of the hands of people who would want to hurt other people with them.
0: All right. Terrific. Terrific. So longtime incumbent, been in California a long time, done a lot of big work. Um, Mm -hmm. So who's opposing her in this race? That seems brave.
5: Um, Mr. State Senator Kevin DeLeon is Mm -hmm. opposing her. And to briefly introduce him, we'd like to also show his ad. That's okay. Terrific. So, All
0: right. So um, so what was that ad about? What did, what did you see as the point of difference there?
5: Well, um, maybe as Feinstein might be more about the issues, his ad more details his involvement in the community and his willingness to sort of reach out to people and get that that person that sort of that personal connection that maybe Feinstein is missing out on because uh, she's the longtime incumbent. She's obviously got a lot of work to do. Um, but to briefly introduce him, uh, he is the current California state senator. Um, he served since 2010 until now um, in two districts. Uh, he started his political career in 2006 when he ran for the California State Assembly for District 45. And that ran from 2006 to 2010. And then in 2010, obviously, became state senator. So.
0: Okay, okay. So so what do you think he brings to the table that could um, help him to run against Feinstein? How um, do you think he's there?
5: Like I mentioned earlier, I think he's more of the uh, more of the personal connection type, uh, whereas Feinstein may focus more on her specific issues. He's more of the bringing that personal connection to the people, and especially where he's from East Los Angeles, um, he has a lot of people who support him over there because he is very much part of the community. All right. All
0: right. So, anything you guys want to add? Anything that you think is particularly interesting about these races? Um.
1: Well, I think it's interesting. Earlier uh, today, the LA Times put out a article, and it was talking about both candidates and their words. And they had kind of asked, "What, uh, why should the conservative population kind of vote for you?" And Diane Feinstein, very political, she kind of stayed very general with what she was saying. And De Leon did the exact same until the very end, and then he really just uh, threw in his whole. Uh, he wants Medicare for all, and so even though it was kind of like towards the conservative section, that was just kind of interesting that. He was generalized until that very end because he is staying true to what uh he's kind of running on his platforms and so he is sticking
0: true to that all right and then one last question that i would love to hear from each of you uh, where do you think that our viewers and listeners can go to find more information what did you find to be the most useful place that you visited when you were trying to learn about candidates
2: their personal home pages that's where you'll find all the information you're looking for um, and if you have questions, you know where you can find them, their email, their office phone numbers. So always the first place I would
0: start. Mm-hmm. Good. Good answer, Angelica.
5: Um, I'd also like to add that uh, in the US Senate race, obviously, they're they're bigger people. It's harder to reach. But they're very active on Twitter. Um, so if you can engage somehow with getting on Twitter and kind of getting at them, maybe getting a group of people to tweet at them a certain thing, maybe that can, that can get in touch with them.
0: I'd like to see you all try that. That would be, awesome. <laughs> yeah. be
4: great. Anything you want to add to that, Zach? Yeah, so each um, person has a government webpage for their current position that they're holding. Dianne Feinstein has a uh, page for her Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then De Leon has one for his state Senate seat. Mm-hmm. And so each of those have information about what they're currently doing in their current jobs, and also some past information about what they have done. So if you're looking for a little more background information on each of them, you can go to those and learn more about them there as well. They're so they. so be clear, campaign website, and then there's also a website for this um, for their actual jobs. And so you want to take a look at both of those to get a clearer picture of both candidates. Good,
0: good. Yeah, because they need to keep those things separately by law. Yes, so. absolutely. So that's important. Good. Good. Kristen, anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're in, like, the Central Valley and you're looking for
1: more information, the Modesto B, the local papers, so in series, you can also go to the... Um, those newspapers and get more information because they're constantly going to be writing about the elections, especially with it coming
0: up in just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So yep, the Modesto B um, is always covering that stuff actively, TrueLuck Journal series. All right. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear your next update on candidates and, and where they're headed. Thanks. Thanks.
4: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank
0: you. Anything else that you think our the viewers and our listeners ought to know about this whole process.
4: Zach, you want to start us off? Yeah. So that article that Kristen brought up um, talking about the quotes about getting conservative voters to vote for them, that article actually has a lot of really good information that I think our viewers would probably want to take a look at. Um, it ran this morning uh, by Sarah D. Wire, and it's in the LA Times. It's called, Where Senator Dianne Feinstein and State Senator Kevin DeLeon Stand on the Issues. And it just gives, a you know, she asked probably eight or nine different issues and to give a quick little answer on those things. And so it's a great place to start. More than anything, but she has some really important questions about the delta, um, about immigration, all those things. So please take a look at those.
0: All right. So the October second, LA Times. Yes. Sounds like yes. a great, sounds like a great read. Mm-hmm. All right. What else? What, is there anything you want to tell me about the series? Yeah. So uh,
1: you were just mentioning like how people should register to vote, mm-hmm. and especially in series, series has a very low t- turnout for voters, and so there's different ways uh, to like make an impact on that. One is to get out there, register to vote, so hopefully you guys can raise the voting numbers in series. Because that's one of the reasons why they actually vote for council members and stuff on the even number years is because they have such a low uh, outcome of people coming. Mm-hmm. So they do it on the even years in hopes to get more people to vote for those machines and mm-hmm. those seats.
2: And I hope you guys remember that when you register to vote, you don't have to go to the poll sites either. You can do it from home. So it's nothing that's going to take too much time or seem like a hassle, it's important to do. So always keep that in mind.
0: So where do you send people to register to vote? What do you mean? If they're (laughs) they're going to register to vote online, where do you like to go to do that? Or where do you send your friends who haven't registered yet?
2: Um, I've seen online on the internet. I've had a lot of pop-ups, just random pop-ups showing um, me that I should register to vote. Uh So even just going online and looking it up, It'll be re- really easy to find. It's nothing that you have to go through a hassle to, to do right now, just because uh, elections are so close. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, you can the state website register vote at cal- dot california or dot ca, but stands for California dot mm-hmm. gov. So register vote dot CA dot gov. Um, that'll get you started, and and mm-hmm. multiple languages, uh, a lot of different interfaces, but that's a mm-hmm. that's where you want to go. Yeah, and
0: that's a super. The safe place to go, Zach. Um, So that's the California Secretary of State. You can just Google California Secretary of State, um, register to vote, and you will get there. And make sure you're looking for that .gov at the end of the address, um, because a lot of those pop-ups are helpful, and a lot of them are are dangerous. So let's be careful where we go. (laughs) Uh, But the the Secretary of State website is a great place to go. Uh, Rock the Vote has been around a very long time Mm -hmm. too, and they can help you navigate. But the most direct place to do it is our own um, state website. All right. Feeling good?
4: feeling good
0: yes. all great. right let's get out that news have a great day you guys <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right welcome to the group uh, with me for this group is Kristen Adam and Emily Ann and Emily Ann you're gonna start us off yes yeah
3: so uh, we're talking about the lieutenant governors uh, first is Eleni Kunalakis and Ed Hernandez will be the second candidate they're both Democrats um, Eleni is a businesswoman. She worked under Obama. She has two degrees in law and business. And she's a US ambas- she was a U.S. ambassador to Hungary. Um, and then Ed Hernandez is a current state senator. And he helped change the age for smoking to 21. And he's fighting big oil big, and then big farm. Trying to end the hike in medication for everyone. Um, for those who don't know, the lieutenant governor is the president of California State Senate. They're also the board for the CSUs and UCs, Uh, the chair's commission for economic development, which is fostering economic growth, attracting new business to the state, increasing state exports, creating new jobs, and stimulating industries. Uh, They can sign and veto legislations. And make political appointments when the governor is out, like the state governor's out, and then they're the acting governor. They serve a four-year term, but have the option of serving a
6: two.
0: All right, so they're kind of like a vice governor. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Thank you, thank you. So, what's next on the agenda for you all?
6: I um, X on the agenda is the attorney general, and what the, the attorney and I, I'm just gonna go over the position for us. The Attorney General, basically what it is, it's they're in charge of overseeing and enforcing the laws of the state. They're basically the top legal advisor and legal officer for the entire state and the state laws. And and there are two candidates running, running for Attorney General. The first is Javier Becerra, he, and he is seeking re-election for Attorney General for, sorry, Attorney General of California after he, and this is basically after he was, was appointed as Attorney General by then Governor A. Brown in 2017. Um, when he was appointed he was the first ever Latino Attorney General in the history of California. And, and before he became Attorney General he had 20 plus years in politics like one of the things he did was he served as, as a U.S. representative for three different s- districts, district like 30, district 31, and district 34. And let me see what else. Um, another thing, and this is he's been kind of making, and the reason why he's been kind of making national news recently is he's been kind of a big opposer of Donald Trump. Um, and he's been sort of. No, not battling him, but sort of doing interviews. It was like including like filing a lawsuit against him for, I think it was, and I believe it was dumping some type of dumping down in San Diego, and the only, uh, and one his poly affiliation is he's a he's a Democrat. All right, um, the ne- and the next candidate is Stephen Bailey. This is his first state-wide election, from IC, So this is his first time ever running for a state, position, in, in California, he he is a very exper- he has a very experienced law career. He just trying to see he's he served basically as a legislative assistant for the California State Assembly, the California State, and the same thing for the Cap- California State Senate. He was the de- deputy director for the department of social services. He w- and he did some private practice in criminal and administration law. And he w- and one of the most recent ones before he ran for attorney general, he was the Alvar County Superior Court or judge. So he and he was in charge of the Hi Juno- Junova- Trying to say. <laughs> sorry. But, but basically yeah he was a he was El Dorado County Super Court Judge and he and his poly affiliation is he he is a Republican.
0: So um so you said that um, the first person is has a very anti-Trump stance. What about the second guy?
6: The second guy he is a Republican and on, if you go to his his website which we will per- provide he basically in his on his campaign thing is he and in his like campaign videos he emphasizes that javier becerra it all he cares about is fighting the president and not and not enforcing the law in california so 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 he's republican so basically he he's kind of on, on Trump's side, kind of on Trump's side either way because the are a part of the Republican Party, and he, and basically he's using, um, Becerra Harris, like, opposition towards Trump as a way to say this guy isn't, doesn't care about enforcing the law here, he's here, and he's just gonna increase crime, whereas even Bailey says he's focusing on on unbiasedly enforcing the law and reducing crime versus fighting the president.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's pretty political campaigning there then, yes?
6: Yes it is. <laughs> so
0: but Becerra has in fact been our number one lawkeeper, right? Yeah. And kind of his job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Thank you. What's next? All right. Next up
7: we're gonna be talking about the California Secretary of State candidates. The first candidate is Alex Padilla, who is the incumbent, and the next is Mark P. Moistler. So just to preview the position, the California Secretary of State is responsible for overseeing all federal and state elections while also keeping a database of registered voters. The Secretary of State is also responsible for disclosing campaign and lobbyist information, and the position also requires the officer to oversee corporations doing business in California. So the incumbent, Alex Padilla, who is a registered Democrat, is an MIT mechanical engineer. He's also um, serving, uh, he also served as the Los Angeles City Council member and was once the California State Senate uh, member as well. He has written legislature to foster better energy efficiency, education, and job creation, just to name a few of what he's done during his uh, term as the incumbent. And over the course of his office, he has um also, oh, sorry that's all right he is also the proud son of two immigrant parents um, and wants to increase further voter participation in the future our next candidate is Mark P moiser he is an entrepreneur he's known that since the time he was young um, he' is also a registered Republican and he is an attorney that advocates for s- small businesses um, and rights for small businesses um, Padilla said that, just to give more background information on each candidate, Padilla said that he is concerned with increasing voter participation and safeguarding the democratic election process. Um, He's been visiting high schools recently, trying pre-registering high schoolers to vote so that when they do turn 18, they can vote without having to worry about registering. Um, Mark Moiser is currently advocating to stop voter fraud and uh, making sure that only citizens are allowed to vote so we have further fair elections, and uh, this is something that President Trump campaigned for in his 2016 elections. The uh, Just to note, the Los Angeles Times, the San Diego Tribune, National Public Radio, and the Sacramento Bee all did reports and found that this voter fraud is actually just a small percentage of what happens in overall elections.
0: How small, because it's super small, right?
7: Yeah, I think, I mean, to quote them, it was a handful, so maybe like 5%. Yeah, or five people,
0: Yeah, right? five. People. <laughs> very, very low percentage. It was right. very, very
7: small. Right,
0: yeah. So um, so we've talked a little bit in class about the importance of getting people to register to vote, that um, stopping people from voting is a bigger issue right now. So it's interesting that they're talking about that mm-hmm. from both sides, though.
7: Yeah, and to find more information on the issues they stand for, I encourage people to look at their website and to also look at what they're doing on Facebook. PD has been... Doing a lot with the high schools as I mentioned and Moisture has been visiting um, different Non-residents like hotels and golf course and things like that doing Facebook live videos to talk about the voter Registration issues that he's been standing for cool I'm, I'm also going to take us into the next position We're going to be looking at which is the California superintendent of public instruction so this position serves to execute policies and heads the California State Board of Education to ensure public schools meet the necessary requirements for giving students a quality public education. The candidates we have for that are Marshall Tuck, who is a registered Democrat, as well as Tony Thurman, who is also a registered Democrat. So Marshall Tuck says he has devoted the last 15 years of his life to working in the public school system. He has also worked with underrepresented schools in the Los Angeles area and has also worked with many or just a few nonprofit organizations in the past. Um, Tony Thurman said that public school systems actually saved his life after his mother passed away from cancer and his father uh, was not with their family anymore. He uh, Thurman said he is devoted to fighting for funds for the public school system so students can have a better and safer education. To just learn a little bit more on what they stand for, I'd like to show the following ads for Marshall Tuck and Tony Thurman.
0: All right, let's take a look. All right, so so what did we just see?
7: Okay, so well, as, as I mentioned, Marshall Tuck is in favor of making sure that our public education system uh, is the best it can be, so making sure that, like, I think he said, he's focusing on the fourth graders and how we need to increase the public education system so that they can make sure that they have a better education, basically. I don't know how else to say it. Um Tony Thurman is very opposed to what Trump is doing, taking funds away. He is not he's in favor of funding the public school systems, which Trump is currently trying to defund public school systems. So he wants to put the funds back into public school systems so that we invest in the future, which is the students of our communities. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So interesting. Um, Are both of them referencing the national political stage or uh, only one of them? Where's, where's their focus? Is their focus on what they can do as local superintendent? Yeah, from what I've seen,
7: um, and just in my opinion, I think Thurman is more national political movement, whereas Tuck is very focused on the community aspect of public education. Um, Tuck believes that teachers need to receive higher funding also, um, just as Thurman does. They both seem very qualified for the position. They've both been in the public school system for most of their lives, so. It's tough to so have two yeah, two people good. from
0: the same party with experience in education. Yes. I'll be looking forward to hearing what you guys report on this next time. See if we learn more. All right. So, so anything else? What's our next? Uh, what's our next group? You guys have a big group to cover. Uh, yeah.
6: All right. Um, the ne- next one is is excuse me is the county soup. Si- superintendent of schools, and that is for the Stanislaus County, and the two, and I'm going to first start by saying what the county superintendent is, and basically, though the they act as the, sort of the CEO of the county schools, and they manage the school system in the county, so this includes like Turlock, Modesto, plate, and I'm trying to think what else, um, I guess. As ways gustine gustine is an apologist stance honestly, my sorry about that <laughs> that's all right um and the first one I'm running is, the first candidate I'm gonna introduce is Scott Kaall and and I'm actually going to play hey well, actually gonna play a video to from his campaign website if that's all right
0: yeah let's take a look all right so what did we learn from that video
6: all right Basically, Scott, ah, uh, uh, he, he's very, he's experienced in edu- education, and education has basically become like his whole, whole career. Career after he graduated, I'm um, story. He's actually an alumni from CSU Stanislaus. Mm-hmm. So there's one. All right, so, um, before the election, he was the assistant superintendent for Stanislaus County Office of Education. He's he served under the f- former superintendent Tom, sorry if I mispronouncing his name, Ka- Chagnon, who who was the who as the superintendent before. Oh, and he did not seek re-election this time. So Scott, so Kikendall has 20 plus years of educa- experience in education. Um, he was born in Paris and He was raised in in a in a farming crow's landing, and he and the and basically he has worked worked in the Stanislaus College. He worked in in schools as first a teacher, then a principal, and then other administrator. And like I said before, he recently was the assistant superintendent. and And his main... and his main like per, the main. Goals he's run, he's hoping to fix is he spoke he said in another video he he met on his campaign website is he meant and he wanted to fix x for gap absent education and they are school readiness education sc- education skills and college so he wants to basically offer more opportunities to people of all ages more educational opportunities and more pr- opportunities with programs in order to help them succeed out here in the valley and then the next one is Shannon Sanford good first name right uh-huh.
0: <laughs> outstanding yes yeah
6: yeah, <laughs> yeah and I am going to actually play a video from her website too
0: all right let's take a look all right so what did you see there
6: I right, all right so the video basically detailed de- that she has four main concerns and that she wants to address, improve, or change as the county superintendent is safety, achievement, vocational education, and the role of the county office of education. A bit of background for her is she has she has 28 years years of experience in education. She has 16 years of experience as a teacher, and then 12. 12- of use as the superintendent for Grattan School District. She and her main... See. And, and what she kinda wants to do for or the county superintendent as shown in the video is just she wants to sort of unify all the school districts in order to basically create this like a more orderly structure where it'll like like information is passed on between school districts and school and schools for teachers and for, for teachers and to better educate our students. And she also wants to hold accountable hold the office of education accountable to the district students and taxpayers.
0: All right. So another two candidates with lots of experience in somewhat similar platforms, yes?
6: I would say so in a way, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, does it sound like um, Shannon Sanford maybe is more interested in infrastructure and Kaikendal maybe more in I don't know overall operations? Or is that reading too much into your report?
6: Um, I wouldn't say that's too much. I would say that Kaikendal is more interested in providing opportunities to a lot of different people so i based on what i've seen of him he you can say that he has a lot more liberal like more, more li- liberal views even even though oh he from my seen he's a non partisan so is Shannon sanford i i my i guess is on my view who interpretation based on the information they provide me is he he's more has more of a li Ibrol stance on education where he wants to basically offer people free range to choose what programs to choose from in order to be successful. Meanwhile, Shannon Sanford, she's she's more in she she wants she I would say she has a more conservative view because she's more focused on an order structure in education and holding them accountable to, to, uh, to ta- taxpayers so they want they want to make sure that the taxpayers money is being used effectively and there's this order st- system to help the to, who basically ha- help the school districts thrive and increase the ed- education performance
0: excellent analysis Adam thank you
6: no everyone thank you
0: oh, anything else team that you would like to add
3: um, for the area two? Area Ooh, 2 area for two. Turlock okay. Unified Turlock, School good. District, mm-hmm. there are two candidates. are Christopher Sharani and Jeffrey Cortinas. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much information on them besides what was provided in the Turlock Journal article, which I believe we have a link for. Yes.
7: So um, we also are looking over Turlock Unified School District Area 4 as well, and those candidates are Mary Jackson, who is a former city council member of Turlock, Susan Thomas, Eileen Hamilton, and Travis Walsh. So there's a little bit of information that Turlock Journal article uh, providing on what these candidates have done previously, where they serve in the education system, how they stand
0: on the Turlock Unified School District system, and what can they, they can bring to the table as a trustee. Terrific, so um, what could our listeners Google to find that article in the Turlock Journal? It would be the district races are underway, I think. District I races underway, the all keywords right. Keywords there. Sounds like a good one, sounds like a good one. Okay, so, um, so group, what do you think about when you think about registering to vote and voting? We're talking to each group about that. How to get people out to vote? Why does it matter? How do you do it? It's been so long ago for me that I can't even remember
7: how I registered to vote. I, I just remember that my parents always instilled in me that it was important to have civic engagement and to be up to date on political issues, and we've always watched the news in my house, and I've known from a very young age that being involved in politics is something that you do as a citizen. So I would encourage everyone to register to vote and it's very easy to do so because of the people on our campus who are
0: willing to help you through that process. People on campus such as?
6: There is a Democratic Party Club and Mm -hmm. even though they they are, you can technically say they're biased because they they are literally the Democrat party club on campus, they will have a lot of information and vote information in order to help you register to vote. Mm -hmm.
0: Terrific. Terrific. Um, There's also some fun places to go, like Rock the Vote or We All, Mm -hmm. All all Votes Count, All Votes Matter. I guess that's the one. Um, And also, which of the offices that you talked about, do you remember? We're going to scratch that last thing that I said, because it wasn't this group, it was the last group. So we will not say that group. Apologies. (laughs) All right. So thank you all for your participation and presentation and sharing with the community all your learning. I can't wait to hear what you find out about these candidates between now and our next report. Thanks for having us.
6: Thank you for having us.
0: All right. So welcome. I have another group with me here. And on my left, I have Lindsay. I have Myra. And over here, I have Gary and Harry. And Gary, you're going to start us off, yes?
8: Yes, I'm going to start you off. So today, we're going to tell you a little bit about the mayors that are running for Turlock. Um, Before we talk about that, I want to let you know what a mayor does for our city. Uh, Mayors, they oversee the city's police, fire, housing, and transportation departments, along with the education as well. We're gonna
9: talk about now. We're gonna talk about our first candidate Amy Bublack. She studied at Stan State and graduated with a BS in criminal justice and sociology in 1989 Um, She was elected to this Turlock City Council in fall of 2008 as that's her current position right now She was a three-time vice mayor and is a retired police officer and as mayor She will work to grow her income base by creating jobs um, Not raising taxes provide additional funding to improve public safety for all residents and allocate general fund dollars to improve local roads. And would you like to add anything else?
10: Yeah, she's also planning to stop the double water rates and create a citizen service desk for resolving citizens' issues in a timely manner. Um, so that's all we have for Amy Boo Black for now. Um, you could go ahead and look her up on her Facebook account, which is Amy Boo Black, or uh, her web- her website, which is Amy Boo Black, and her Twitter, which is also at Amy Boo Black. <laughs> Seems pretty easy to remember. Yeah, and so I guess our next candidate is Jamie Franco. He's a car salesman uh, from Turlock. He's a resident for he's been a resident for forty years, and he's a Stan State alum with a degree in political science. Um, His goals are to support our police officers with tools they need to fight gangs, and improve our roads and support current ministries and nonprofit. Uh, non-profits operating in South and West Turlock. And his information can be found on Facebook uh, via Jamie Franco and then Twitter at, uh, at Franco for Turlock.
0: So now that we've heard about Amy and Jamie who are running for mayor, uh, Gary, did you have something to tell us about Mr. Bates?
8: Yes, Brad Bates. He's a third generation Turlockian and He has a degree in rhetoric and mass communications from UC Davis. He was previously mayor in 1982 through 1990. He did two terms as a mayor for Turlock. Based on his stance on issues, I believe that he tends to lead towards the more conservative side and that a few reasons why Brad Bates is running for his third term as a mayor for Turlock is because he wants to restore the police department. They haven't seemed to be a priority. According to Brad Bates, that has not been a priority for our current mayor. They haven't received the support or the funding to retain the officers and get the equipment that they need. He also wants to create uh, more stability at City Hall because the last three and a half years, Turlock has seen instability, and turnovers of key management personnel than any other time in Turlock's history. He also wants to make Turlock more financially accountable because the messages that he's been hearing is that the spending is increasing and their funding is decreasing. He has experience with these issues because during his eight years as mayor,
10: he worked on the Turlock budget.
8: Yes, he wants to work on Turlock's financial accountability. Uh, The message that he has been hearing is that the city is heading for a potentially serious financial difficult, serious financial difficulties because. The revenues are increasing also wants to work on the financial accountability because the message that he's been hearing is that the city is headed for financial difficulties because the revenues are decreasing and the spending is increasing being mayor he has experience with these issues because he has reviewed and adopted eight turlock budgets when he was the mayor if you'd like to learn more about brad bates you can check his website out, Brad Bates, for Turlock Mayor, again, 2018.com, or his Facebook, Brad Bates, or his Instagram, Brad Bates 2018. Brad Bates has served six years on the Turlock Planning Commission and his last three years as a chairman. And he has mayor uh, experience as mayor, being as he previously served two terms. Now, over to, yeah,
9: over to Gary Soyseth, who is the current mayor of Turlock. Um, he's also a former Stan State graduate and a former adjunct professor at Stan State. He's committed to strengthening strengthening the relationship between the campus and community currently. It's one of his issues. And he is a third generation farmer and currently works on his father's farm, the family farm, the almond farm here in the area and he currently resides in turlock as well in downtown turlock um before his election mayor soy lived and worked in rural rural villages throughout afghanistan he was the director of economic growth for the u.s army in 2012 and 2013 and a united states department of agriculture senior advisor in southern afghanistan and a little more about his issues that he's focusing on Oh, also, he is a regulatory administrator of water and energy policy at the Modesto Irrigation District, which are two like, which is one of his main um, issues that he focuses on is the water issue in Turlock, and also another one is transportation, and he has secured grant funding and low-interest loans to repair sections of Turlock's roadways because those have been an issue in the area, and investing in public safety and helping fix the problem with homelessness. And he's investing in the community, making Turlock a kinder, stronger, and more welcoming community. And if you want to find out more information on Gary Seth, you can go um, visit his website, SoysethforTurlock.com. You can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gary Soyseth. and also find him on LinkedIn at Gary Soyseth. And now on to the governor candidates.
8: Well, I got one thing to add to that. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Um, and if anybody would be interested in listening to the candidates speak, they'll be uh, sorry. they'll be appearing at Walnut Elementary Education Center on Thursday, October 11th at 6.30 p.m. Feel free to come on in and hear from the
11: cool. horse's mouth. <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks. So I want to hear about Thanks. the governor candidates. Who's going to tell me about that?
11: Uh, So, initially, let's discuss a little bit about what the governor does. Um, As governor, uh, these two candidates would have the power to sign and veto bills from the California State Legislature. Um, On top of that, the governor also has the ability to grant pardons, uh, commute sentences, and call in the National Guard or military reserve if absolutely necessary. Um, It's extremely important that we we pay attention to the two candidates in the governor's race, uh, just because... California governor is obviously one of the biggest seats up for election this year. And, and one of the people up for California governor is Gavin Newsom. Uh, Gavin Newsom was born in San Francisco and is currently serving uh, as the lieutenant governor of California and has been in that role since 2011. Uh, prior to his role as lieutenant governor, uh, Newsom served as the 42nd mayor of San Francisco from 2004 to 2011. Uh, Gavin Newsom is running as a Democrat in the 2018 election, and unfortunately, he has no upcoming uh, speeches or public appearances, but he did make a few appearances over the summer. Um, The reasoning for Gavin Newsom uh, running for governor is he's trying to make that jump from lieutenant governor to the main position as governor of California. Um, On many occasions, he's shown support for the LGBTQ community. Um, uh, stricter gun control, uh, the legalization of marijuana, and is a strong advocate for paid family leave. So those are just a few reasons why he's running for governor. Um, We should care and show interest in Gavin Newsom's campaign and potentially his eventual election, just because uh, as mayor of San Francisco, there's been so much bold change and progress, and uh, there is a hope from his supporters, and from Gavin Newsom himself, that he can lead radical change to California. Um, So if you want to learn more about Gavin Newsom, you can visit his Facebook page, Gavin Newsom. Uh, His Twitter account is at Gavin Newsom, and his website is gavannewsom.com slash about. And there is a political ad that we have for Gavin Newsom that we want you to take a look at. Can't wait. All
0: right, so why did you have us watch that ad? What
11: did we learn? Um, I think it's important for the public to know, uh, to see Gavin Newsom's face and hear his voice, obviously, but also to know what his policies are. And uh, we we can tell you the information about Gavin Newsom and his policies and what he wants to do for California. But I think it's best to kind of witness it from the man himself and see what he has to offer. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, um,
10: so who's his competition for this job? Okay. So he is. Uh, John Cox is actually the one that's running against Gavin Newsom. Um, he studied at the University of Illinois, and he's a bus a businessman, son of a Chicago public school teacher. He worked as a CPA and then started his own successful business. Uh, pretty much grew a two hundred million dollar company from scratch. And as governor, he would he vows to take uh, take on the special interests, and in his words, clean out the barn. Um, John Cox also supports clean energy efforts, and that begins at home by driving an electric car. He supports um, education. His, his uh, stand on that is he wants more charter schools um, for that. And he also wants to increase affordable housing to help deal with the business uh I'm sorry, with the homelessness problems, and then focus on getting help for those who suffer from mental illness or substance abuse. And for anyone who wants to check out any additional things on John Cox, you could find him at johncoxforgovernor.com on his website. Twitter is the real John Cox. Instagram is John Cox slash for government or governor and his Facebook is John Cox for Governor. And we do have a political ad we want to um, show of his. Okay, let's take a look. All right, so why did we watch that ad? Um, I think it's just important to see his stance on where he stands on certain issues and how he sees um, his opponent, Gavin Newsom. So I think that's interesting for the public to see. Kind of like what Harry said. It's important to
0: hear it from them personally. Okay. So, anything else you want to add, group?
11: I think there's a lot of information that we can dive into, but uh, we'll save that for our next podcast, where we can go more in, in depth on their policies and uh, perhaps even more on their political backgrounds. Yeah.
0: I, look forward to hearing that. I look forward to
9: hearing that. Make right. sure that you get out there and mm-hmm. vote. Can vote because yeah. your vote counts. Your
0: vote yep. does count. Definitely. absolutely. You all were talking about um, Amy Blue Black running for office, and when she was elected to town council, it was a mighty tight vote. We're talking a handful of people made the difference between her sitting on city council and being then queued up to run for mayor and not. So mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Yeah. So you're all registering if you can?
9: Mm-hmm. Already, registered. Already
0: registered. Good job. Good job. All right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So, welcome. With us today, we have Alan, Libby, and Elizabeth. And Libby, you're going to start us off.
12: Yeah, so we're going to cue the photo with the four representatives that will be running for city council in District 1. Today, I'm going to be talking about John Bullis, who will be running for District 1 city council. John Bullis, according to his campaign management, um, is a family man. He's native to Turlock. He's a Syrian, and he also identifies with the liberal party. I think it would be a really, really cool demographic to have another Syrian present in the city council. As a city council member, um, Bolas has the opportunity to vote to determine and create policies, um, supervise administrative officers, and budget the city's interests. Um, when exercising these powers, um, I think that he has a very, very clear Um, goal and identifies with like a step-by-step how he's going to accomplish what he wants to do and you can easily access all this information um, on his website which is jbforturlock.com this kind of shows like a game plan of how he intends to like attack all of the um, different issues that he sees in turlock and some of these issues are homelessness um water cannabis and a lot of other things that many council members will be talking about. Um. I'll go ahead and take over now. All right, thank you. Hi,
13: everyone. Uh, So I will, the next one is Nicole Larson, actually. Um, She is a former Santa Claus State student. Uh, She just graduated this past year, actually. So she's pretty young, she's a pretty young runner. Uh She was a student body president, actually. She was one of the first ones. I believe we talked about this. She was the first one in like fifteen years or so, so that makes a change uh she's the current vice chair of trelock Parks, and she does not seem to have a party affiliation, <clears throat> but I feel like she's more of a Republican than she is of you know a Democrat or something else. So tends conservative versus
0: liberal.
9: Mm-hmm.
13: Okay. Uh, she's seeking the uh, district one city council seat, um, which she wants to establish uh, the local law and policy that uh, administer and implement responsibilities for uh, uh, lands and the policies. Uh, she is the fifth generation Turlocker. So her family has been living here for a while. Uh, she seeks a master's degree in public administration, so she's a lo- she's pretty active in the community, as well as she was a student. Um, she believes that Sherlock is uniquely positioned to benefit from someone with out of the box ideas, new energy, and a fresh perspective. So I feel like having somebody young definitely like makes us you know us younger people uh, kind of relate to them and. Uh, just so you know, like that could be me at some point. Uh from what I've heard from other people, as Libby said too, you know, she was a pretty good um student as was well a person. Uh she does have a Facebook. Uh at Facebook at um Larson for Churlock, as was well her website, Larson for Churlock dot com, and her email, which you could probably reach her. Uh the next candidate that we have in the City Council District 1 is Forrest J. White. So, he's been uh he's been in the city he's been in the uh council for a while. Although this time he's excuse me. He's running for the District 1. So, he wants to continue the, account, uh, the economic development. He wants to uh well, he's a businessman. He's uh he was I believe uh He was the CEO of San Joaquin County Fair for 30 years and he wants to focus more on um, uh, making a difference in Turlock. So he wants to uh, promote promote revenue and limit expenditures as well as also continuing to develop and uh, the quality city services and uh, develop the balanced budget. Uh, He's, as he quotes, Running for city council as a way of serving the community, he wants to improve, folks on public safety, improving the roads, and homelessness. <clears throat> and he does have a Facebook, which is 2018 Forest White, and his website, 2018 Forest White, where you could see what uh, how he's helping the community and how active he is. And then our last one for... Uh, I'd like to jump
14: in before we continue. Um, sure. We actually have a, a map of the uh, district lines here in Charlotte. Would, would we be able to pull that up?
0: Absolutely. Let's take a look at that. That'll help us. Thank you. Okay. okay. Go ahead and continue. Okay. And our last one is
13: Autumn Salazar. So she is a mother of five. She has not ran for any type of... Um, uh, city councils or anything. This is her first time. Uh she wants the city's well being. She wants uh better roads, uh funding for fire and police departments as uh and she she wants uh she wants the we don't have it there. Okay. She wants to mainly want she wants to that's gonna be cut, right? <laughs> uh, <much or> so. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to, um, she wants to fix Turlock's infrastructure, uh, fund police and firefighters. Um, there's not much information about her, but she is. She does seem like a really good candidate, as was well Mom. Um, you could learn more about her or keep up with what she's doing at Vote for Autumn on Instagram, Twitter, and on her website.
12: All right, thanks Elizabeth. Um, and before we continue um, on a District 3, I wanted to say that there was a fifth candidate in District 1 that a week ago from today actually, um, Logan Sisko on September 25th posted a social media video announcing that he will no longer be running for council um, and he endorsed Nicole Larson actually and it said that he supports her and that he supports her efforts um, the little video was him like shaking her hand, like holding her picket sign, putting his lawn, um, and it just like was a really quick, short and sweet of this is who I think that um Terlock should support, and I thought that that was really, really interesting. So close to elections. Yeah, yeah, good job, Nicole, getting that endorsement. Yeah. All right.
14: All right, so let's move on to the District 3 candidates. And so um, if we can pull up the map one more time, just to give people a sense of...
0: I think that's really helpful. Yeah, so let's take a look. You can see District 3 right there. Mm -hmm. All right, so Alan, tell us. So
14: District 3 is, I think, a really unique area, especially since us, where CSU Sanislaus, the campus of CSU, is located in District 3. And then all of the outlying neighborhoods here uh, are represented by people who are running for the District 3 er uh, area here in Sherlock. And one of those two candidates is a young man by the name of Andrew Nosrati. And according to his campaign website, he is a, quote, a son, a brother, a cousin, and in his favorite role, Uncle Andy. He says that he is a family man first. He was born and raised here in Turlock. And he's guided by, again, his core values of what he says are compassion, gratitude, respect, hard work, and integrity. And um, Andrew Nostradi is running for uh, Turlock City Council for District 3. And although he's not affiliated with any political party, at least none that I've seen, um, one kind of the thing or the vibe I get from him is he leans more towards the liberal side simply because of the, he's made a medium, a post on medium.com where anybody can post like articles or publish things about, uh, opinions that they have. And from, from what I was reading, he seems very much aware of becoming more aware of his political, um, activism and his role in politics. And it's very much, I can he's very much a candidate that I feel I can relate to simply because not only of how young he is, but also because of his positions and what he feels like. And some of his positions, from what I was reading on his campaign website, was he's seeking uh, the main tenets of his like uh, political, I'm sorry, of his, uh, the main focus of his political campaign or the reason he's running for office. Uh, he's running on, on homes. He feels like there's not enough affordable housing here in Turlock. Uh, Kids, he feels like Turlock needs to invest more in uh, education and and children in general here in Turlock. He's uh, focused on safety. He feels like the Turlock Police Department needs additional resources to keep uh, the city of Turlock safe and the people who live in it. He's focused on jobs. He feels like uh, the Valley and Turlock in general just needs more um, job growth, and he's particularly interested in trying to find new ways to innovate things from the Central Valley and the Silicon Valley and kind of combine them and bring more opportunities for this area. And he's a pretty unique candidate. Actually, do we have a picture of him and the person he's running against or the two candidates for District 3, uh, Bill DeHart and Andrew Nosrati. Can we bring that up?
12: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell us about Bill DeHart, his opposition. Okay. Um, Bill DeHart is actually the incumbent. He has served two consecutive terms and is seeking a third re-election. Um, as a city council member, he is... Um, Bill DeHart is actually endorsed by the Republican Party of Stanislaus County. I thought that was very interesting that I found his campaign page on Facebook, um, just Facebook at Bill DeHart for City Council, um, and he talks about, um, he has little clips and videos on his wall where he just stands all around Turlock, um, And talks about, like, the promises and his goals for different parts of the community. I thought it was a very personal thing to do. Um, As far as social media, that's really all I could find for him. Um, He definitely isn't as tech-savvy as some of the other candidates. Um, But he kind of talked about the revitalization of downtown Turlock and how, like, when he ran for his last one, that was, like, his big, like, goal. Um, And how he thinks that he and the council have made the downtown a much safer place that where students in different parts of, of nightlife really have somewhere to go. And for our um and like personally at first hand I feel like he's been a pretty good council member for the last few years. Um if you haven't seen his Facebook, I definitely encourage you to take to take a peep at it. Um but he is very Republican. Um I thought it was interesting that he did want to publicly like, publicized that multiple times on his Facebook page that he is endorsed by the Republican Party, like, okay, we get it, um, but overall, I think that this is going to be a very, very interesting campaign between someone that is much older, has a lot of experience on council, has done really good things while on council, and from someone that is younger with a fresh pursuit and vision, and just kind of seeing how they can compete here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic.
14: One thing I forgot to mention for Andrew Nosrati, Um mm-hmm. you can learn more about him on his campaign website, uh, NosratiForturlock.com. Again, it's NosratiForturlock.com.
8: Mm-hmm.
14: Um, he's got a whole bunch of positions on there.
0: Terrific. So, a known quantity into heart and someone new with a different kind of energy. Yeah. Trying to take that seat, huh?
14: One of the things uh, we were talking about before class, uh, before we came here today, is at least in my opinion, when I was researching the candidates here for the local like elections for the Turlock City Council, I found myself getting more invested in these races because before, I mean, admittedly, I wasn't very, um, I guess I wasn't, I didn't care too much about um, local elections here and I didn't think the candidates were all that interesting. But now having gone through this process, I feel I think much more involved in the, like these races or I am starting to care just a little bit more about these races and how they affect our area Than I am about the national stuff, which is what everyone cares about, of course, and they're important too. But I feel like they're just as like, I don't know. I'm getting a stronger sense of like the political area here and just my place in it as well.
12: Yeah, and why is that important?
0: Because I think that's super important. It's one of the reasons that we do this show is to hopefully get people engaged in their local politics. So why why does that matter?
14: I feel like it matters because it gives me a bigger sense of civic pride. So. one of the things about uh, Nostradi is that he moved away for a few years, and then he came back to Turlock because he felt the need to give back to his community. And I kind of felt the same way when I graduated high school. I was a graduate of Pittman High, just like Nostrati. Um, and um, I kind of just wanted to leave the Central Valley because I felt like there wasn't any opportunity here. I didn't feel like I, I could contribute here. Um, but now, having been out for a little while and then co- having come back, I don't know, I feel like a, like my place is here, and I feel like there are ways in which I can give back to the community and get involved in politics, I think is a really good way.
0: Mm-hmm.
13: You definitely want to make it a better place too. So yeah, that's one way of, you know, being a part of the, uh, Triloc or just, uh, you know, you make a difference, uh, whether, you know, you, whether how young they are or how much experience they are, just be like, Oh, you know, like that could be me. Or I could be that person making the difference for Trilock and, you know, for being better jobs. That's like something that they're focusing on. Um, Definitely think that makes a difference.
12: And I think that, you know, as you get older, you understand better what it means to be part of a community, if that makes sense, and what your role in that community is, like once you start working, you know, a salary job in a business, or, you know, starting your own business, or having kids and trying to pick schools and things like that, what school district do I, do I become a part of, um, you're slowly realizing all the different, like, little nets and communities that you have a power to change and help, you know, regulate. And I think that that's, you know, it does, it builds a sense of civic pride.
0: And these local elections really matter. Our city council makes decisions that affect us in our daily lives in all kinds of ways. Um, That, of course, the national elections matter as well. um, But knowing who's running for city council and why can really make a difference. Um, And I was glad to hear you all talking about the experience at at Stan State that a couple of our candidates have had, right? Um, And Nicole was uh, absolutely a very active in student government here on campus and so you get to see how that work translates into actual community work and that's kind of cool
14: yeah
0: right so have you all registered if you can
14: i have yes all right this is actually where i got this so this came in the mail for me uh just yesterday and it's the california official voter information guide and it's got all this information about like the bat like propositions that are going to be on on the november ballot uh positions like governor lieutenant governor all the people running for that so i mean if you for anybody out there if you've gotten this i mean definitely take a look at it at least if you if you've gotten it or maybe look it up online um there's a lot of really useful information here i always take a look at i always leaf through it whenever i get it and i'm studying it like all throughout the election season. Absolutely. It's a really important book.
0: I actually take it with me to the polls all filled out so that I don't have to try to remember <laughs> all the propositions. That's a
14: good strategy. I should it is. it works.
0: It works. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about getting out the vote. We're going to talk about um, progress that your candidates have ma- made in our next meeting. And we'll also talk about some of those propositions that are going to affect Turlock. So thank you all for your participation today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you for having us.
14: We do have. Um, I apologize. We will we do. We'll do
3: that yeah. as our
0: closer. So, what are your two more?
14: <laughs> so, our two more, at least to kind of uh, close this out and to kind of tease for maybe next time if we have more time for it, um, the U.S. House of Representatives uh, race. So, and specifically for the California 10th congressional district, which is our area, uh, Stanislaus County and uh, parts of San Joaquin County as well. And the two main people who are uh, up for or the candidates for that uh, race is the incumbent Jeff Denham. Who is uh, affiliated with the Republican Party? He's been in Cong- he's been in Congress for many years now, and the uh, his challenger, uh, the new person referred to as Josh Harder, and he is affiliated with the Democratic Party, and he is challenging Jeff Denham for the seat for the House of Representatives seat. And um, I mean, I can't obviously we can't go into too much detail in this uh, pod- in this show, but um, wow, they could not be more different. I mean. Josh Harder has, is very strong and very passionate about the positions that he believes in, like health care, um, immigration rights, uh, policies that are happening here in the Valley. And then same with Denham. He has very strong positions about what he believes are, are the right directions to go in in terms of, again, immigration, in terms of health care and things like that. It's very, you can see the ide- ideological differences in the two candidates. And um, I got to say, I mean, Josh Harder is giving... Denim a run for his money. I would I mean not to get too politically charged or anything, but I feel like he's a really he's a big challenger to Denham in ways that rivals that have challenged Denham in, in the past, like Michael Eggman, for example, in the last election, just haven't done.
0: Absolutely. It's definitely a new kind of race yeah. this time. So so if our viewers and listeners wanted to learn more about that race, where would you suggest they they Google?
14: Well, I would suggest Google. if they wanted to learn more about the candidates themselves, I would definitely check out their campaign websites for each um, individual. So, for example, for Josh Harder, you could always go on harderforcongress.com to check out more about what his positions Uh The 16, he's doing 16 town halls in 16 weeks. That's a big thing that he's doing.
12: They're also very, both of them are very active on Twitter. That was, I followed both of them and I've found out so much about them in like the last week. So, that I think that was a really good way to quickly speed up on their whole campaign or like personalities, even. Mm-hmm.
14: And um, for Jeff Denham, I mean, you can always go to his his main government website, which is denham.house.gov. But um, one of the things I noticed it was a little hard to ca- kind of track down his current campaign website since he is running for he's seeking reelection to his position. And that website is jeffdenham.com. It's simply called jeffdenham.com, and there's everything about his campaign, ways to get involved with his campaign, um, if anybody was interested in that. Uh, so any of those two websites for Jeff Denham, like uh, Libby said, going on Twitter, checking out their Twitter feeds, they're always active on there. One thing that I do want to note before we close, and it's something that me and Libby talked about before the show, is the Modesto Bee actually just endorsed yeah, the did editorial just
12: endorse, board. I think like last week endorsed Harder. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really big win for Josh Harder. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. And The Modesto B has done really excellent coverage on the campaign and on both candidates from the very beginning. Um so I think that's a great place to look. And of course this is a seat that's actually being watched nationally. It is so don't forget to look at the New York Times, look at the LA Times. You can find all kinds of stuff. Politico. Yeah.
14: Yeah. I check on a website called five thirty eight and I'm always looking at the polling statistics mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's a very it's a pretty big toss up race as, as as they refer to it. It's it's pretty heavily cont I mean it's
12: it's going to be intense. Yeah, it is um, yeah. Another I mean really, really interesting thing. When you go and look for um any political campaigning for either party. I think the statistic was that Josh Harder took zero dollars from PACS while Denham took, I think, six hundred thousand, a little more than that.
14: I believe that was the. And I thought result. that that was a
12: very interesting thing to know about their campaigns and just how both sides present themselves in general.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to hear more about that next time we get together. Yeah, we're all it's, really, really excited we're all to all really talk really excited about it.